0: My mum's podcast is recorded on Beer land. We pay respect to the elders, past, present, and emerging. Welcome to How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. I am simply Stacey Morgan. As a mum of three and owner of three successful businesses, I'm acutely aware of the juggling act that is parenthood and entrepreneurship. Join me for bite-sized business tips, served simply, without ambiguity, aimed at helping you boost your productivity and give you more time in life for the things that really matter. Each week we're talking motherhood, marriage and making it in business. Let's get started. Welcome to How to Run a Successful Business and Still Have a Life. My guest today and I have a lot in common. We both love inspiring women in business to create the lifestyle of their dreams. We both have pivoted and adapted our own businesses to suit a changing landscape and our own stages of life. Uh, we're both loving dog mums to gorgeous furballs called Benny. I'm so thrilled today to be chatting to the wonderful Lisa Messenger. Lisa, welcome.
1: Thanks, Stacey. And I know no, we just said we've both got our bennies at our feet at the moment. So, and yes, we do have a lot of other things in common other than our lo- love for our dogs. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So, Lisa, tell us you know, you're joining us at the Simply Business Summit in Byron Bay. We're so excited to have you. Why do you resonate with this particular event and why are you excited to come and join us?
1: Well, well, it's a no-brainer. Firstly, for many reasons. I mean, it's like as soon as you say the word business, as soon as you say the the word women, as soon as you say Byron Bay, all of those things excite me immensely. I'm currently living, as you know, 15 minutes from Byron, so I'm down there every day. But I think what you stand for and what you're doing is so important, and it's such a love language and a passion of mine. This is my 22nd year in business, and I am learning all of the time. I'm making all of the mistakes. I'm failing fast every single day and I don't have it all together but I've certainly walked a lot of different paths and I think this is so important because there are so many people who feel like imposters or they juggle motherhood as I'm about to do Mm -hmm. and trying to run a business and A lot of what I speak about and a lot of what I think we'll cover together at the summit is things around mindset and purpose and, you know, how to actually create a a path and, you know, a way to move forward because um, a vision is one thing but without action (laughs) and, you know, the next logical steps, then it can fall in a heap. So I'm just there to support everyone and I'm so excited to do this alongside you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Thank you.
0: Thank you for saying that. Oh, I'm so filled up. Um, you talk about failure and you talk about falling down and failing fast and you have a reputation for being really flexible and adapting quickly to change. Can we talk about the development of... Collective Hub, the magazine that you started when everyone was turning to digital, yet you pushed yeah. forward and with and with great success. What gave you the confidence to really trust your gut in those moments when you had all of, I'm sure, naysayers saying, what are you doing? This is This is not the best idea. Where did that confidence come from to really trust that you did know what you were doing and you could go ahead and build this global brand against so much pushback?
1: Thank you. And I think this is from the sounds but everything I've read about you what you're doing Stacey I feel like we are very aligned on this and I feel like what happens is people see the success or the perceived success and then often this you know this thing creeps in where it's like but I'm not good enough I don't know what I'm doing well here's the secret as I said before a lot of the time none of us actually know what we're doing Mm -hmm. What set me up for success around that? So we need to put it into perspective. I launched my first business October 22nd, 2001. I didn't launch the magazine until February 2013. So I often say, you know, it's like an 11 or 12-year overnight success. <laughs> and what I really love is that I now help other people to hopefully, you know, I share stories and I'm very Real, raw, you know, authentic, vulnerable, all of those things to hopefully help people, you know, fast track and not be quite as slow learner as I was. But what set me up finally for success was I'd spent many years over servicing, undercharging, being everything to everyone. And finally, I'd had a lot of business acumen by then and kind of a lot of failures under my belt. But the reason that something something finally worked wasn't that I was the smartest person in the room or that I actually knew what I was doing. It was because I got my mindset into gear. I learned how to you know, have this um, unwavering self-belief that took a lot of years of therapy and Mm -hmm. understanding my triggers and my inadequacies or what I perceived that that I was inadequate about. And so really I can say this for absolute certainty because I've now done it in several areas in life. Um, If you know what your purpose is or what your why is, or you have this thing that you hold so sacred and you know kind of where you want to go it's actually extraordinary how the, the how takes care of itself, really. And I use these words a lot, the serendipity and the synchronicity and what happens as a result can be quite extraordinary. So to put that into perspective, and this really will help people, I hope, you know it's a very well trodden or well told story i'd never worked in media i'd never worked in magazines um you know it was at a time when people said media or print magazines certainly were dead or dying and i was entering a highly saturated industry so everything was stacked against me what was in my favor and really the only thing in my favor which any one of us attending your amazing conference or anyone listening to this if we tap into our purpose and our passion and what's driving us and the end result, then it is extraordinary what happens. And that is why Collective Hub worked. And, you know, that magazine going from an absolute standstill was in um, 37 countries within 18 months. Within 14 months, I had this email from the office of Anna Wintour. Anna asked me to go meet with her in New York. I've since shared a stage with Richard Branson five times and all these other things and also i nearly lost everything in 2017 so which i love because it's from those failures and those setbacks and that adversity that we actually learn and so i really welcome those things now and that's been a massive reframe and something that i'm really keen to dig into with you you know at the conference and talk about you know how do we how do we do this
0: i love it the confidence that you must have had to follow that why and to follow that passion, you would have needed an equal amount of confidence at, at the other end of the journey when you chose to close the magazine. How difficult yeah. a decision was that? And and where did you find the gumption and the bravery and the courage to say, I know what this feels like? I I stand by how it feels and this is the decision I'm making. Because, again, it would have been a situation where people would have been saying, I know I definitely was. I remember where I was when I purchased <laughs> the last uh, copy. I had breakfast at the same cafe this morning that I sat and read it from cover to cover, the final episode, because it, oh. it resonated with people. I can't imagine for you it was an easy decision to to say it's time. It was an excruciating decision that I wrote an entire
1: talk <laughs> about risk and resilience um it wasn't easy but you're absolutely right Stacey it was um I often say in equal measure I the courage it took to start the magazine and take that leap into the unknown was absolutely the same amount of courage required to make the difficult decision to close the magazine yeah. but you know It was a really smart thing to do and I think a lot of times in business, and this doesn't matter what size you are, it doesn't matter if you've got a turnover of $20,000 a year or $20 million a year, really, it's very much around if your business isn't sustainable and it's not future-proofed or it's not lighting you up anymore or you're not still on purpose or feeling like you're in alignment or what I call you feel in flow as Mm -hmm. opposed to walking through mud and every day is difficult, then it's really important that we do make the courageous decisions to let something go or to close it down. So the thing about that is it's not just as easy as saying, oh, well, that didn't work because at that time, as I just said, you know, I had a physical print magazine in 37 countries. I had a big staff you know we had a lot of fingers in a lot of pies so it wasn't easy to extricate from however what I knew and this came from the absolute unwavering inner self-belief that I had culminated over me personal work is that if I could do it once I could do it again and if my true purpose was as it is to ignite human potential I could not do that when I was going home every night and yelling a little ball, you know, crying on the bathroom floor. <laughs> and I am the only one to blame, you know. I didn't set up the right systems and processes. I didn't have the right data-driven, you know, implemented by my side. And this is something really important that I'd love to talk about, you know, at the Summit Conference, um, which is that we really need to recognize what our strengths are. Like, I'm a great founder, I'm not necessarily a great CEO. I'm a great creative. I'm not, I just want, I come up with 30 different ideas, you know, every hour. (laughs) So I need someone beside me saying, no, stop, don't do all of that. So this is what's really important in business as we grow or in life. Like who are those people that we can surround ourselves with that are actually going to support us um, in whatever it is that we're trying to create?
0: It's like you've got a copy of my questions, which you don't at least I didn't send these to you beforehand, but my next question was about <laughs> systems and tools and mm. and you've just said it so beautifully. You must you have to set up your business for future proofing but then you also have to be able to pull yourselves out of the part of the business that you're not good at that that doesn't light you up that's not your zone of genius i have so i actually had a coaching client yesterday who said i'm you know i'm doing the invoicing and i hate it i said well, why are you doing it and she said well yeah. well because no one else can do it i was like really <laughs> interesting talk to me more about that i think so many small business owners think because they've been doing it this is how they've been doing it for so long this is how it has to be done And they don't lean into that zone of genius and that area that they're good in. I love that you are so clear on what that is for you. And I'm similar to you in that I I love coming up with ideas, the execution of those ideas. Can someone else do that? Because I'm busy thinking about the next thing (laughs) that I would like to do. So I think in order to be successful, those systems need to be in place and you have to have the right people in positions to execute in their own zone of genius so that, you know, the business can move forward and you're not kind of the gas and the brakes at the same time. Oh,
1: yes. (laughs) So I might just elaborate on that a little bit more because I know there will be people coming that are all different stages and phases of business. And what often happens is, you know, I saw very well when you and I talk about it and, you know, we have teams and all of these things. When you're a solopreneur or you're just starting out or you're, you know, a one-person band, you do have to come up with the ideas and the product development and you know the supply chain and all of whatever it is whether it's product or service and then on the other side you need to you know look after the budgets and the timelines and make sure that cash flow and profit and loss and then you also need to look after you know the sales and the marketing and the distribution and all of those things right so when any of us are starting it. And by the way, this is the same for me. If I'm starting a new you know, business or a new part of the business, it's like we go back to stage one. So it can be very overwhelming because we're like, well, which bit do we start with? And as you absolutely said, something that I've learned over the years and, and I teach as well is that, you know, what seems impossible and you're like, but I have no money. I, I can't possibly afford a bookkeeper. I can't possibly afford someone to do this. But I know for sure. There are certain things when I'm feeling passionate and I'm in my genius zone and I'm great at them, what I can do in an hour, like my output and, you know, is extraordinary when I'm in that zone. If it's something that I do not enjoy and I'm not particularly good at, it's going to take someone an hour. It's probably going to take me 10 hours. (laughs) And so I always, I am the queen of outsourcing. I'm like, and this is, I think, an important reframe and it's what you're alluding to. It's like, well if you need to pay someone else, I don't know, $40 an hour, or $100 an hour, whatever it is, but they're great at it and it frees you up to be in your genius zone where you can probably 10x that in the same hour because you're really great at it. That's the decision you need to make. So I think that's super, super important. And also, you know, I've written an, an entire book on this subject called Money and Mindfulness, which is about there are more currencies than cash, and, and this is something I feel so in. Passionately about, particularly when people are starting out. And even now, I always go, okay, well, if you can't afford that extra help, and I do this with a lot of my mentees at the moment like, okay, are you great at designing a website and someone else is great at writing copy or taking photos or something else? Like, swap, you know, skill set swapping. What can you help someone else do and what can they do? And the exchange is either energetical skills as opposed to cash. This is a way that we can feel supported. And, you know, we can lean into our own strengths and we can get help without having to pay, you know, physical dollars until we're able to.
0: I love that concept. And and reading Money and Mindfulness was the first time I'd really thought about the way I was structuring my business and how I was always really worried about money and really worried about the cash flow and where it was going to come from. And then I read your book and I was like, oh, there's more currencies than just cash. Oh, I I can do this and I can do that. And I, you know, it made me really reframe the skill set that I had and how... I can use it to help others, but also then get things done in my business too. What I love about the variety of books that you have, Lisa, and one year I just bought an entire package from your website of, I think maybe all of the books that you had written, maybe double. And then I gave them to my staff for Christmas presents because there's such a variety. Like I gave somebody daring and disruptive. I gave somebody else who, you know, I knew needed help with money and mindfulness. And then someone who was, you know, really in the thick of it, risk and resilience. Like it was a beautiful way to spread out your message. the different messages that you have to my entire team and I know they got so much out of it as well but I find that the messages that you have in the books that you write it feels like it comes authentically from from you are these in in writing your books because you are a best-selling author do these ideas do you have a list of ideas that you think oh this year I'll write this one and this year I'll write that one or does it come to you organically and you say actually, there's so much here, I need to get it out on paper and get it out to people. Which which way does yeah. that, that inspiration work?
1: So I'm a little bit of a little weirdo in terms of <laughs> most people become the guru of something, you know, and write a book and then write a book about it. But I love using myself as a human guinea pig. So I literally come up with um, so, for example, at the moment, as you would know, we are going through surrogacy, and we have a baby boy due mm-hmm. shortly after so the. So exciting! Yeah, after the conference slash summit, are we call it a conference or summit. I think we're calling it a summit, actually.
0: We call it summit, but only because—and you might want to weigh in on this—the the term conference for so many small business owners seems out of reach. They see like they would hear the word conference and think, well, that's for legitimate business owners. Whereas I've just got this little business of mine, and that's not true. Obviously, so many people in business are running very legitimate businesses, but it's hard for them to acknowledge. So we chose Summit because it sounded a bit less uh, hotel room hotel boardroom yeah. kind of big stage summit is a bit more intimate which is what the event is it's a bit more low-key it's by the beach I it's, like it yeah I so like it. Like so it. we <laughs> are leaning into the summit but it is it is essentially a conference but we just don't use that word in case we scare people off which we don't
1: want yeah. to obviously no amazing <laughs> so in answer to your question I I really don't it's almost like quite counterintuitive how I write books so yeah so at the moment you know we're going through this extraordinary journey of you know having one of my best friends of 12 and a half years carrying our baby boy and so you know I've kind of as I go through that, I'm like, I can't help myself writing every day because I'm like, oh, and then this happened and then this happened. So I put myself in something and I'm like, oh, I've got to take people on the journey. And it's the same with, you know, that book series that you're talking about, Daring and Disruptive really was the first 18 months of Collective Hub as a print magazine being born. So that book is all about, you know, entering a highly saturated market, how to, you know, do more with less, how to da, 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 how to look at international distribution so I'm the learner as I'm writing and so I think that's where a lot of people are like your books are so relatable Mm -hmm. oh I feel like you're me and I'm like I am you because I'm learning as I'm writing and it's a really fun way to do life because it challenges me because not only is it keeping me accountable? Because I've like, I've got to learn this because I, I want to step into this. I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, and I, I'm i probably going to have this book read by, I don't know, 100,000 people or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I really need to lean into like learning this so I can write about it. So I've just fallen in love with it. Why I call myself a little weirdo and it's, again, another, you know, anything is possible. At school, I did what was very unceremoniously called and i'm sure it would be completely illegal and definitely not pc to say it anymore um veggie english that's what they called it when i was at school it was like for the really you know stupid people who couldn't read or write i was in that class right and now i think i've written. 36 books right? one of my books in Australia has sold over 200,000 copies alone and now we're in um I was living in the US most of last year and now our books and journals are in 40 physical states in the US so yeah so I'm like there you go anything's possible anything's possible Benchy English (laughs) went on to be a best-selling author so go figure. (laughs) Oh
0: it just it just speaks to your message of you know inspiring people to understand that anything's possible and if you have the passion and if you have the drive then you can make it happen no matter your humble beginnings.
1: So much of it is about mindset. I really believe now that Everything begins with mindset. Like I'm really not that smart at a lot of things. What I'm what I'm really great at which I think is, you know, one of the number one things that an entrepreneur or business owner needs to be is a great problem solver. So it's not that I necessarily know a lot of the answers, but I know how to ask the right questions. And I think that is something that is so important because that way I kind of figure most things out because I just keep asking until you know, I find a way and I've proved that over and over again. And in fact, I'll talk a lot about that probably at the summit because people will be like, oh, well, you know, it's important to to be able to utilize those skill sets across multiple different places. And so, mm. you know, I've now done it in business in several different pivots and iterations and, you know, I've done it a lot in crisis mode around floods and bushfires in Australia and now I've done it in finding a path to have a baby so it's like it's the same skills that I've honed over the years and the same kind of emotional intelligence that I've utilized to figure out things and ask the right questions across multiple different you know disciplines and things that have happened to me, for me, in my life.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it's gonna be something that continues through on your journey of motherhood as well. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and congratulations,
0: <laughs> I must say, I um when you first you, you did tease it beautifully on social media I've got big news to tell you I think the next day or the day after and I was and I was thinking to myself please make it be a baby because I've followed your journey and you know hoped and prayed for you to be able to have everything that you wanted and so when you made that announcement that the first thing I did after going yay was go oh where's the calendar <laughs> like how is this going to work it's like, Summit. <laughs> and so it it, it
1: works beautifully Well, you guys are my very last speaking gig for this year, so yeah, and for the foreseeable future. So I think that's another reason, you know, people should really come along and yeah, I mean, that's, he could be born any day from the conference onwards. Oh, that's so great.
0: (laughs) I love it. Lisa, thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate um, your generosity of spirit. I so appreciate you sharing all of your lessons. I cannot wait to host you in person at the Simply Business Summit June 21, 22 and 23 in the gorgeous Byron Bay. So jealous that you get to um, call that, you know, so close to home. Walk on that beautiful beach every morning. If you would like to join us, we still have tickets available. You can get them at simplystacymorgan.com. Lisa, any final words you'd like to leave us with? No,
1: I just can't wait to see so many people there. I mean, this is my absolute sweet spot. I absolutely love speaking to, you know, women and business owners and anyone with a spark of passion inside of them. So I cannot wait to be there with you. Perfection. Thank you so much. (laughs) How to run a successful business
0: and still have a life is a Morgan Media original produced for the Morgan Media Network. Work with me one-on-one or in one of my many group coaching programs. It is possible to run a successful business and still have a life. You can find out more at simplystacymorgan.com. You've been listening to another Morgan Media
1: production.